Hello, everyone, and welcome to the debut episode of Yankees News and Views, the new baseball podcast on the Yes Network. I'm your host, Jack Curry. With this podcast, our goal is to offer analysis about some of the most interesting developments around the Yankees. We'll discuss what has happened and what might happen, and we'll do our best to satisfy Yankee fans who are as savvy and as passionate as any fan base. I've covered the Yankees for more than 30 years, so we will also delve into the history of the franchise. So for every story that I tell about Garrett Cole or Aaron Judge, we'll sprinkle in a story about Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera. I promise you this podcast will be informative and entertaining. As a reporter, two of the words that always guided me were insight and inside. I'm going to give you insight about what's percolating with the Yankees, and I'm going to take you inside and give you details from places where you've never been. But as baseball-centric as this podcast will be and talking to people in and around the Yankees and in and around the sports, we will also bring you to the mosh pit in a way because there will always be a musical presence. It might be something as simple as me asking a player what his go-to karaoke song is, or it might be something as grand as interviewing someone who rapped that he made a Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee can. Yes, Jay-Z, you have an open invitation. So does Bruce Springsteen, Chuck D, Alicia Keys, Eddie Vedder. There's a long list of musicians who, if they want to come on and talk baseball, we're ready for them. And obviously, we'll have a ton of baseball guests as well. We want to see how many interview home runs we can hit. I'm thrilled to say that we're starting off with a home run as reigning American League Cy Young Award winner Garrett Cole joins us. You definitely want to stay tuned for this interview as Cole talks about what makes him such a good pitcher, talks about some of the changes that he'd like to make in 2024, talks about whether the Yankees can win it all in 2024. I trust that you will enjoy listening to Cole as much as I always enjoy listening to him talk about baseball. Every time I walk away from a conversation with Garrett Cole, I feel smarter about baseball. I think you'll feel that way after you listen to this interview. And I also hope that you feel that way after you listen to Yankees news and views. So follow us, subscribe, give us a rave review. But right now, listen to Garrett Cole. Yankee season is here, and the Yes app is giving you more. Download the Yes app and get more ways to watch and stream live games on every device. More ways to interact with your friends and family with Yes watch parties. And more ways to win with Yes pick and play predictor games for a chance to win cash prizes up to $25,000. Go to watchyesnetwork.com to download the Yes app and get more. Well, Garrett, we are starting out the Yankees News and Views podcast with you as our first guest. Aaron Boone has you as his number one starter. I think it's appropriate that we have you as our first guest. So welcome and thank you. But I want to ask you this. It's still the football season. It's still football weather in the New York area and other areas. How eager are you to just pick up a baseball, see a guy in the batter's box that's trying to do damage against you, and just challenge him? Is that feeling always ever present um it it turned on maybe a, a couple of weeks ago i think it, it always seems to coincide with starting to get off the mound 
When you look at last season, personally, I'm going to ask you about the team, but I also want to ask you about your season. You'd finish twice in the Cy Young Award, and then you win the Cy Young Award last year. How gratifying, how rewarding is it when you get a chance to hold that in your hands? Yeah, it's the feeling of pride and a feeling of validation, too, for just, you know, everything that goes into, you know, a season. And um, to be able to do it as a Yankee is extremely special to me. And, um, you know, I just thought that everybody that contributed behind the scenes probably feels some sort of connection to this award too. And they, and they certainly should, should because um, it, it took a lot of people to, to, to create that season. I've got a t-shirt idea for you. 2023 Cy Award winner today, tomorrow, forever. What, 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 do you think that would work? I got some. I got some. Uh, I have some. Like Nike made me some good ones right here. These look pretty cool. Oh, those are pretty nice. But they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't have the. They don't have the sign on them though. They don't have the sign. I figure you pr pretty much had trademarked today, tomorrow, forever. So I don't. I don't think so. I think it's. It's. It's applicable to all Yankee fans. So it's all, it's all, it's all, it's like a drug for all of us. I know you had a great season. I know we're zooming toward spring training, but reflecting back on 23, how much after the season ends are you able to stop thinking about 23, which the Yankees have acknowledged was a disappointing season, and start thinking about 24? How much does 23 linger with you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I still, I mean, I still think about it, especially now, but that's just kind of part of always the process. I'm, as I'm starting to pick the ball up again, I'm kind of referencing where I finished last year and, and what the stuff looked like. And, and, and now that I'm starting to get going back again, I'm, I'm always referencing my most recent performance. Um, I think that um, certainly winning the award and the, the, you know, I'm writing a I'm writing a speech about it, so it's like I haven't really moved on uh, quite past it. But at the same time, um, part of that is is preparation for 2024. So I am kind of kind of you know have turned the page as well. So it's a little bit of both, I think. From a team standpoint, besides obviously winning more games and staying healthy. What are some of the things you think the Yankees need to do better in 24 that they didn't do in 23? Well, I mean, we have to uh, we have to pitch better. Um, we have to we have to be more consistent um, as a group, giving giving our offense some time to uh, acclimate to the opposing starter, um, and just you know, just bank on that consistency um, that we're going to get good pitching uh, every time we go out, and that. That seems to lowers everybody's blood pressure when, when that happens. Um, it's a lot easier said than done, um, you know. But the two things that you mentioned are also, you know, important for that as well. So, Garrett, every pitcher is passionate, but you seem to take that passion to another level. Constantly thinking, constantly plotting, constantly strategizing. Where was that mentality born? Um, I think my parents definitely, I learned in school that way. And so 
they were the ones that are probably responsible for for encouraging that it you know it produced it produced results in the in the classroom and um obviously in baseball as well so um that's just kind of part of part of me to a certain extent i don't i don't know i think there's probably some connection with the way my dad goes about his business as well and and um so that's where that started for sure I think I've pretty much watched every start you've made as a Yankee and as successful as you had been before 2023. I thought last year I saw a more under control pitcher, a more confident pitcher. And I'll even use this word, a more serene pitcher within that passion. How accurate am I in saying all of those things? Well, I think that, um, I think I understand what you're seeing for sure. I, I feel that way um, as well. There are some you know, large adjustments at the beginning of my career with the Yankees um, that kind of took some time just to manifest out and that being, you know, just the move in general and, and COVID, um, you know, it was a big, it's a big gear change. So, I have, you know, kind of my places settled. Um, I have better anticipation for the season and, 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 you know, some of the challenges that can come with it. And um, so I think that with a lot of some of the stuff that we learned on, on just kind of how things are different in terms of the vision, how teams are attacking us over the last couple of years, you know, you, you take that life aspect and you, you, you mesh it with like a little bit of objectivity and like in terms of what are we doing well and what can we do a little bit better. And so it just kind of blends together where there's, I just think there's a more certainty and more comfortability taking risks sometimes. And, you know, you just kind of play it off like, Hey, maybe that, that, that works pretty well. Every pitcher will say, I need my fastball. And then everything can play off the fastball. Your yeah. four-seam fastball was elite last year, especially up in the zone. How vital was that pitch to not only getting you swing and miss, but also allowing you to use it in a way that you could tunnel with your other pitches and become even more deceptive? Well, I mean, since I was a kid, it's uh, it was always taught that, you know, you got to develop your fastball and your fastball has got to be your best pitch. And, Sometimes, you know, players have pitches that are better than their fastball. But for me, with my fastball, it's just always been my best, my best pitch. And I, you know, whether it performs in the same way in terms of if the swings and misses are, if the swing and miss percentage is dropping or increasing, you know, those are just kind of characteristics of the fastball that day. Just the ability to, use it throughout the entire strike zone is is probably the most important aspect of it and the command of it. Um, and, you know, that's pretty constant from the beginning of my career, and it will certainly be the most important aspect at the end of my career, even if I'm getting outs with other pitches more often, it will come from the fact that, you know, a lot of times the hitter's banking on a well-executed fastball in this situation. So 
Garrett, the baseball gods come down to you and they say, you can borrow one pitch from another pitcher and you can use it in one important start. Whose pitch are you borrowing and why? Man. Is it Mariano Rivera's cutter? Is it Johan Santana's changeup? You already got a fastball, but Nolan Ryan had a pretty good fastball. Who's, who, yeah. Whose pitch do you want in your arsenal? Well, the yeah, the cutter. I, I would probably the cutters would have be a good, would have probably been a good answer before the second half of last year. But then, um, finally, I just gained some comfortability with it. So my worst pitch is still still my changeup. So maybe like you know maybe Pedro Martinez's changeup or um, you know or or or. Uh, you know, one of the best split who, who had one of the best split fingers of all time. Um, uh, David Cohn had a good splitter. Uh, so he had a lot. There are a lot of pitchers. I mean, Tanaka had a good splitter. I don't know if it's say it was the best. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would still say Pedro's changeup just because I have, you know, I have three pitches that go to the left. And if I could have something that was that good that moved that much to the right, that would be. That would be pretty that would be pretty ideal. That would be pretty ideal. I love the fact that I kind of have a feeling that you're gonna be thinking about that tonight. You're gonna to be thinking about Pedro's change. I'm thinking about the change up lately. I mean, you know, Brent Strom talked about, I remember in one spring training, he was talking to us about, you know, we're trying to get better, we're trying to get better. Where are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? And it, but he always reminded us to make sure that we kept our strengths sharp. So, you know, I still keep the main thing, the main thing. I'm still out there. Definitely very critical of the fastball, the cutter, the slider, and the curveball right now as I'm getting going. But, you know, I am just kind of tinkering with the changeup and seeing, just never giving up on it and just never giving up on it and trying to learn as much as I can about, about the release. Um, because at some point, at some point it might be extremely useful. You know, I, don't, I just, I would like it to come sooner than later, but I mean, whatever, I can be patient, so. <laughs> Anyone who follows you know how, how much of a perfectionist you are. You just gave some details on the changeup, but coming off a Cy Young season where you pitched as well as you did, how do you get better? What are some of the things you might tinker with or what are the, some of the things you might try and refine in 24? Yeah, certainly. Um, I think two things right off the bat that kind of jump out at me is how well we got the curveball performing last year and, and how well the cutter was performing last year. Um, so there was, there was a, there was a little bit more depth. The curveball was a little bit bigger towards the end of the year and we were just able to start finding the right kind of spin that, um, complemented the break best and with the cutter it just sometimes guys see fastball and it darts sometimes guys read slider and it jumps it's um it, it just i mean the the whiff rate on it was like really 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 high and i know from a command standpoint there's a lot left to be desired so um I've only thrown it really effectively in my career for half a year and it was super impactful. So 
I'm looking forward to just seeing how how I can just get that better. And the first thing would be command for me, um, and ideally to both sides of the plate. Um, but certainly vertically is is important as well. And 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 then the same thing with the curveball. I'd say you know there wasn't like it was a whole new pitch, and it's been a really good pitch for a long time. But to be able to locate it. Um, just gives me another two-one option, you know. Just another, another pitch that could create softer contact in in the beginning of of counts, or just, you know, just simply just trying to end it at bat. Um, it's a hard pitch to lift, especially when it's when it's put put in a good spot. So, those two things right off the bat for sure. We know you'll be at the top of the rotation. You've got Rodon, Cortez, Stroman, Schmidt. How would you evaluate the Yankee rotation for 24? Well, I mean, the first thing that jumps out is, you know, the top four guys are all-stars and, you know, the fifth starter is a homegrown guy who has come fresh off 160 innings and feels really good. So I think there's a lot of things to like about the rotation as a whole. Um, you know, a lot of people were were extremely high on our rotation last year um, going into spring training. And, you know, I, I took a kind of a, a cautious path because I've just seen some, you know, so often how how hard it is to get through the season and how how much depth, you know, you need to really have to be effective. Um, and then I've been on teams at the same time where it just doesn't look as doesn't look strong at the beginning and on paper, but you get solid to above average performance, and um, that's that's ends up driving you throughout the season. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's all the tools that we have, and we have a nice complement of variety um, as well between the left and the right, and the types of fastballs that guys throw. Um, and some of the young guys I'm not as familiar with, maybe our guys in the seven or eight spot, but Luke Weaver, we got a nice look at last year too. And that could be a good piece. Another guy that's thrown pretty high volume in the major leagues. So, you know, um, I'm thinking pretty positively about it, um, to be honest. And, uh, and so, you know, maybe I'm a bit bullish, but I, I like it. Jared, your preparation before a start is legendary. One thing you won't have to prepare for this season, but the opponents will, is seeing Soto and Judge in the lineup back-to-back. -back. How do you think pitchers are going to uh, navigate around those two behemoths in the lineup? Yeah, that that's going to be tough. Um, there's really not... Especially in a four game series, you're really gonna you're gonna run out of tricks. You know, I mean, it's like it's like it's like you're watching one of these in a, you know these playoff games right now, and it's like you know bang 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 in the first half, and then the second half, it's like all right, where's your variation? And your offense stalls out, and you know you can pitch around one, he'll take his base. You can pitch around Aaron, he'll take his base. You know. And 
but at the same time, there's going to be a situation where, where you just can't pitch around him anymore. Um, and, or you're going to be in a situation where, um, you know, it's just so early you, you, you have, you know, you have to challenge and they're going to get you because they're just going to get theirs, especially when, I mean, that that's the type of, that's the type of guys they are. It's not personal, but they're going to, they're going to ruin a lot of people's days. Um, and then especially, you know, if we get production in and around those guys to just kind of protect, protect that high horsepower engine, it's like, um, it's going to be tough. I, I don't, I don't really see a lot of, I don't really see a lot of good avenues for you um, as an opponent. We're more left-handed. Um, you know, the three left-handers that we acquired have played and have acquired like 500 at bats in the last three years, each, each of them. So it's like, these guys are everyday players looking at facing left-handers and right-handers. It balances out our lineup. Um, it doesn't give, Bullpen's a real good runway. Um, so yeah, you're just gonna run into bad situations a lot more often. Um, you know, that those two guys are just gonna take advantage of. From those two amazing hitters, I want to move to a future potentially amazing hitter. He's three and a half. I think he swings from the left side of the plate. And through social media posts, I can see that he's he's gotten a couple of good swings against his dad. What's yeah. the report on Caden Cole? Um, he swings left, throws right. Um, he's very, he loves, he loves running. Uh, he very rarely practices swing after swing. We have to run the bases. We have to play defense. Um, he's very fascinated with the golden glove. He loves, he loves golden gloves. Um, he calls, he calls his gloves golden gloves, like Volpe's golden glove or, or, um, yeah, we do remind him that Uncle Brandon has four. Um, so that you know, but he is a diehard Yankee fan and he um yeah, man, he's just a blast to be around. Super high energy and his brother's coming along. Um great. So it, it's just two great ages right now. It's a lot of fun. The holidays were just a blast. So yeah, I think Volpe is gonna have to show him that gold glove, even though as you said, his his uncle's collected a few of those. So he yeah, he's got, yeah. He's got that Yankee side that he wants to have covered. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm sure, I'm sure both, I'm sure both will, both will show him it at some point for sure. For sure. So Caden's dad just won a Cy Young. He's a six time all star. If you look at your career trajectory, Garrett, I know you probably won't want to say this, but I can say it. Your career is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Do you ever allow yourself, we, we just saw the recent voting with uh, Beltre, Maurer, and Helton getting in. Do you ever allow yourself to dream that far ahead? Well, that's what, I mean, I consider, you know, I consider, yeah, the great players are in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, I, I, I certainly, um, I certainly, I take it one year at a time, but I'm definitely, I definitely, I mean, I have a strong desire to be great. I mean, and, and, and putting together as long of a career as possible um, and as good of a career as possible is, is like first and foremost on, on my mind. And so, um, and with, you know, I guess with that, I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm super far away from the type of, the type of players that you're talking about. Um, 
but it is motivating and it's something to shoot for for sure we've seen you singing god bless america at yankee stadium with gusto your teammates have spoken about that now, god bless america is obviously a beautiful song but if you had a karaoke machine do you have a, do you have a go-to song if someone gave you the mic and you, and you had to prove yourself behind the mic what are you lining up um I don't know. Something uh, from the Stones? I heard you. I've heard you. Talk. I like the Rolling Stones, but there's only one Mick Jagger. Um, I probably, I probably would pull something out from Coldplay or, or like Jack Johnson, just because I know that I wouldn't mess up. I wouldn't mess up the words. You know, I'm notorious for just kind of throwing vowels out there sometimes if I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, but hopefully those vowels are on pitch. But um, no, definitely one of those one of those two bands, most likely. Or although, like, if I do, I sing a lot of lullabies these days. So you know, I got some. You got those lined up. Yeah, I got those lined up. It's, it's really great in Christmas time because Christmas songs make great lullabies too. So I mean, I I could pull a few of those out at Christmas time. But yeah, that's so that's quiver right now. It's very dad like. It's very dad like. <laughs> I like to always mix a little music into the baseball conversation. So I wanted to ask you that if your life came down to an album cover and obviously Garrett Cole's life, you're going to be on the album cover, but who else is on your album cover? Who's joining you? Who, who got you or helped get you to that place? Yeah, my, my family is, is definitely on my, uh, on my album color cover. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to trying to imagine if it would be like if we would all be like lined up like Kiss with big long black tongues and like doing something crazy, just all different heights, you know, the two boys, Amy, Grandma, Grandpa in the back. That might make for that might make for something pretty funny. I I, I like that you came up with that answer so quickly. I, the creativity is is swimming in your brain. All right, I want to close it out with this: March twenty eighth. Opening day, you'll be back in Houston. You'll probably be facing your friend, Justin Verlander. When will you allow yourself to, to drift to the excitement and the thrill of that day? I mean, opening day in and of itself is a great day, but for all the reasons that I just mentioned, the, the hype machine is going to be churning even more for yourself and the Yankees. You know, I got to be honest, I didn't know the significance of March 28th until you told me it was opening day. So, um I'm I most likely won't be thinking about it probably until two starts away. Certainly, certainly from us from a strategic standpoint, like within five days of that start, maybe two weeks in terms of some logistics with family and trying to get things lined up. But yeah, spring training is just. I mean, it is so important to be where your feet are every single day. Um, it can, you know, it is so exciting and it's so easy to get caught up in just, you know, stuff that can distract you looking too far ahead. And, 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 you know, so you just gotta, it's too, you gotta take care of your business every day. So it'll be a while before I'm on March 28th, but when I'm there, I'll be there. So. All right. I'm going to cheat and ask one more question, even sure. though this this one looks into the future too. How confident are you 
that this Yankee team can make a run at it. How confident are you that this team could be the last team standing? Yeah, I mean, this team has enough pieces for sure. So, I mean, but you got to show up and play. So I, I definitely think that um, we're, we're, I mean, yeah, we can do it. There's not a doubt in my mind that we can do it and that we have, you know, enough, enough to get it done. And if we don't right now and cash or how think that there's other opportunities to improve us, whether that be through free agency coming up before spring or trades now or at the trade deadline, they'll, they'll, that's the best part about the Yankees. They're going to, you know, they're always going to push. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, that's where my expectations are just so along with everybody else. So um, that's, that's the best part about being a Yankee. Jared, it's always great to talk to you, especially about pitching. Congratulations on the Cy Young Award. Congratulations on being the first guest on Yankees News and Views as well. I'm sure I'm that's, that's line 1,000 cool. on your resume somewhere. But I uh, look forward cool. to seeing you in spring training, and thanks again. Thank you. All right. Yankee season is here, and the Yes app is giving you more. Download the Yes app and get more ways to watch and stream live games on every device. More ways to interact with your friends and family with Yes watch parties. And more ways to win with Yes pick and play predictor games for a chance to win cash prizes up to $25,000. Big win for the Yankees! Go to watchyesnetwork.com to download the Yes app and get more. Garrett Cole is fascinating to watch pitch on the mound because, as I mentioned during that interview, he's so passionate. But he's also fascinating to talk to about baseball. He is one of my favorite people to interview, and I think you could understand the reason why as you listen to that interview. All throughout the season, when I'm doing pre-games and post-games, I'm going to reflect back on this interview and how he talked about he wishes he had Pedro Martinez changeup because the changeup is Cole's worst pitch. So, of course, why wouldn't you want to have Pedro's changeup? He also talked about how pitchers are essentially going to run out of tricks as they're trying to retire Soto and Judge. I love that answer as well. And then I asked him a question about the Hall of Fame, and that would have been an easy question for a player to punt, because you want to seem humble, and you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And Cole gave a great answer about if you want to be the greatest – you want to be in the Hall of Fame. So I love that he gave that answer as well. And I think you can tell that Cole is geared up for another superb 2024 season. I know that he hopes the Yankees are as well. They won 82 games last season. General Manager Brian Cashman called the season a disaster. So they went out in the offseason and they made that big acquisition of Soto, who we talked about. Soto instantly makes that offense better. You heard Cole talk about the other lefties that they added as well in Verdugo and Grisham. So they have a presence from the left side now. Austin Wells, the young catcher behind the plate, is another lefty. So that's what the Yankees are banking on, their offense being so much better in 24. Health will always be an issue. The Yankees need bounce-back seasons from Rodon and Cortez and Stanton and Rizzo. Beyond Cole, they need that rotation to be stable and sturdy. And the bullpen, which led the majors and earned run average, the Yankees need that bullpen to be reliable as well. I wanted to remind everyone that in terms of listening to this podcast, make sure you go to the Yes Network app. 
That's where you can get this podcast and so much other content. You shouldn't be walking there. You should be running there. So for every one of these podcasts, we're going to cover a lot of stories. But two things that I want to do at the end of every podcast is I want to give you a story of the day and I want to give you a song of the day. So let's start out with my story of the day. It involves George Steinbrenner. And I've told this on the air a couple of times, but I think it bears repeating. When I first started covering the Yankees, I couldn't get George Steinbrenner to return my phone calls. I probably called him for six months straight, and he would never call me back. I still know that number to this day. It was 813-281, and I'm not going to say the other four digits, but that was his office line. I couldn't get a call back. Finally, someone who worked for the Yankees was kind enough to give me a heads up and say, George has been asking around about you. You should be near your phone. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this was long before cell phones were around, and I wasn't married yet. So I was living at home with mom and dad, and we had one telephone in the house. And of course, I had an extension in, in my bedroom. And one day, the phone rings, and I pick it up, and the person says, this is George. I subsequently learned that that's how George would pretty much start every conversation. This is George. He wouldn't say hello. I was floored. I was so thrilled, so excited that George had finally called me back. So I thanked him for calling me back. I told him I had a ton of questions I wanted to ask him. And George said, before we get started, I want to let you know one thing. You can't ever lie to me. If you lie to me, I will never return any of your phone calls. But if you're honest and truthful with me, we can have a working relationship going forward and I'll return your calls. I said, George, I will never lie to you. you I can guarantee you that I will be honest in this exchange of information, questions and answers. He talked for about 20 minutes. He was great. I don't remember exactly what he said, but all I knew is I couldn't wait to call my editors at the New York Times to tell them that George Steinbrenner had called me back. I've got a great story. Let's put this in the newspaper tomorrow and let's make everybody excited to read about information that we had that no one else would have. Well, he's answering a question at one point, and then all of a sudden you hear a little bit of a click on the line, and then you hear a woman's voice say, doesn't anyone know there's a dinner hour around here? And then the phone clicked again. And George said, what was that? Who was that? Now, remember, he said to me, don't ever lie to me. So I said, George, that was my mom. She wants me to come to dinner. I was waiting for George to explode on me. And instead, George said, she's right. It's family time. It's dinner time. Why are you talking to me? Go have dinner with your family. And I said, George, no, no, I still have a couple more questions. And he said, nope. Go have dinner with your parents and uh, call me anytime. But uh, this interview is over. So my mother is the reason that my first interview with George Steinbrenner ended. I don't think I ever cursed around my mother in my entire life. But in that moment, I really wanted to curse. But in retrospect, as I tell that story, I always remind everyone that I think in the long run, she did me a favor. Because over the years, even as George got to know me, I think he probably still had me as that young guy starting out covering the Yankees for the New York Times at home with mom and dad. And I think he might have had a little soft spot. So as much as I was angry with my mom, I think she probably helped my relationship with George Steinbrenner. So that's my story of the day. I'll try and make sure I give you one of those that is memorable for every podcast. And then I'm going to pick a song of the day. Since this is our maiden podcast, today's song of the day is Fantastic Voyage a classic from the great Coolio, the rapper who passed away in 2022. Coolio actually once liked one of my tweets about music on Twitter slash X. And I have to tell you, it made my day. 
So as we start this podcast, let's hope that we all have a fantastic voyage together. Once again, you can find this podcast on the Yes Network app. Look there for all of our upcoming episodes. This is episode number one. I love doing it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you.